Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by Bones Owens. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing pretty well. Trying to beat the heat down here in Tennessee. Is it a humid heat there? Oh, yeah. Very, very much so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from the Midwest originally, from Missouri. So, I I mean, we get get humid summers up there. I kind of grew up with it, so... Nothing to know. Where does the name Bones Owens come from? Originally, it was a nickname that my uh, my grandpa gave to me when I was a wiry little kid running around. And then it kind of um, went away and it resurfaced probably about 10 years back. A guy who was a mentor to me. We used to play a weekly residency at a a club here in Nashville. And he has a, a sort of thick New York accent. And he would say... Caleb, my name is Caleb. He would say Caleb Owens and kind of run the two together. And some people started thinking he was saying bones or something. And, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it, it was an accident. Um, but it's a, a couple of people thought that's what he was saying, started calling me that and, and it stuck. And, and I kind of got the nickname all over again. So he had no idea that your grandfather used to call you that. No, no. It, it, and he wasn't even trying to call me that. It was yeah. literally just a, just a, a miscommunication, you know? <laughs> so is Bronx some... Owens uh, one person? Is it just you on that stage or do you have a band? Is I, I have a band, but it's, but it's, it's minimal. I mean, uh, the way that I've been doing it for the last few years is just myself and a drummer. I say minimal, but my, you know, I believe that we reach every bit of the uh, decibels of any full band out there. Um, it's loud. And I use a lot of guitar amps. I'm running like several amps at the same time and, and loud ones at that. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, I guess, I guess the answer is both. I mean, I, I am Bones Owens um, on paper and everything, but um, you know, it is the name of the, the entire project as well. Do you have certain drummers that you work with exclusively or is it more of a whoever's available when you want them? You know, honestly, anymore, it is a little bit more of a whoever's available, but I have a few go-to guys and, um, you know, I mean, after the last, you know, year and a half, a lot of things changed for uh, situations changed for, for, for my two main guys, my original drummer, um, you know, ha- had a kid. Um, my my number two drummer, um, who I wouldn't even refer to him as my number two drummer. He's great, but my following drummer after him uh, had twins during oh. during uh, COVID. So anyway, yeah. So now I'm on to kind of like my third, um, and uh, he's not married, and I don't think he has any any plans of having kids anytime soon. So hopefully I can, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, hopefully I could use them for a while, uh, you know, before that happens. Maybe there's some, maybe there's something going on where like, if you play drums for me, you end up, um, (laughs) you know, getting someone pregnant. I don't really know how that works, but you become uh, a fertility specialist or something. I guess so. You know, (laughs) so if there's any, you know, incredible drummers out there that are having, fertility issues maybe just come play with me and see if we can change it Uh, we've taken a strange turn right away (laughs) yeah yeah it usually doesn't take too long for me (laughs) so in the scheme of of two-person bands where you have the guitar and the drums like black keys or death from above 1979 or even 21 pilots 
where do you see bone zones? Where, what kind of scale is it? Or do you think there's no correlation at all? Well, there's, there's some correlation. I think the difference is, and you know, I'm, I'm familiar with, with all those bands, of course, and I, and I've seen, I've seen, seen them all live. Um, you know, I actually, I, I was like, years ago between bands of my own, I was like driving a van for my friend's band and they were, they were opening a tour for 21 pilots, like just before they br- kind of really blew up. It was like, a, it was like just when they first started selling out clubs and whatever their first stuff was about to blow up. It was, an ex- they were exciting shows to watch, honestly. Um, and I've seen death from above a few times sharing festival stages and things like that in previous projects. And, um, you know, I mean, out of all three of those bands, I, I would probably liken, liken myself most to something like the black keys where there's a bit of like a blues rock element going on. Um, although, you know, I think it's a little different, but it, you know, there, there's, there's definitely nods to that. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, um, I guess at this, at this stage, they, um, you know, they don't even, they don't, they don't tour as a two piece anymore. Obviously they've got, they've made, they've made their last several records as like, you know, uh, more of a full band production type of sound. And they, they have a bunch of people backing them up now live. Um, and I'm kind of the, maybe the opposite in that I still make my records with sort of a full band arrangement, at least for now, but live, I, I still keep it super stripped down so you get you get kind of a simpler version of the songs live than what you hear on my recordings um but uh, you know a band like death from above is a cool example too um you know um jesse i think is the guy's name uh, who plays ba- he plays bass and kind of makes it sound like a guitar and you know that's sort of what royal blood does too and i'm kind of the opposite where i'm taking a guitar and sometimes making it sound like a like a bass or or whatever, but uh, yeah, that's the long answer to your to your question, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> your self-titled album came out earlier this year. You've also released yeah. a few singles. How mm-hmm. eager are you to put out new music as soon as you get it done? Um, very eager, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, you know, I made uh, this time exactly two years ago is when I was actually making the full-length album. So, you know, um, because of, you know, the pandemic, we, you know, we, we pushed the release date back twice. Um, and so, you know, I'm glad it's out. It came out in late February. I'm I'm glad that it's out there in the world finally. And, um, but, but yeah, I've been, you figure if I, if I recorded those songs two years ago, I was writing some of them three years ago, four years ago. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to, to, you know, hopefully record soon and, you know, get some new stuff that, that feels, feels a little, I I still love this album, but you know, there, there's things that feel a little more current to me as to exactly what I'm into right now that I would love to um, get out sooner than later. Is that why you release singles in between? Um, that's, that's part, yeah, that's part of it. You know, part of it is, is just because the, the way of how people, the, the vast majority of the public, you know, ingest music now is, is, is sort of from playlisting or things like that. And, you know, 
you may really love a band, but you may have really only heard a couple of their songs. Maybe you haven't dug into their full record. And singles feels like a, um, to me, it feels like a thing that used to be a really big deal. You know, like I collect vinyl and I've got a lot of singles on vinyl, you know, 45s. And um, I feel like people used to release a lot of music like that back in the day. And I feel like with technology, it's, it's we've kind of gotten back to a place where that is, it's almost un, unwise at times, in my opinion, to release a full album of material because it's so much of it's going to kind of just not get as much attention as the focus tracks that you sprinkle out there. I mean, I, I'm still a full album guy. I think it's great. Uh, and I still like to listen to full albums, but, um, and I still intend to put them out, but I think that, yeah, the, the single thing to me, it just feels better. It feels like you're getting the most impact per, per song. And, um, yeah. In an interview you did earlier this year with the standard, you said that this record was kind of written with live music in mind. Uh, so it has more of an upbeat the uh, vibe than some of the other more poetic songs you might've worked on before. Is, do you still stand by that? Does that still make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, especially now that I'm, I'm getting back to playing shows, you know, I'm actually about to head to Texas later today and play a couple, but um, yes, uh, it's th this record. Uh, it's ironic that I made a record with the live show in mind and then couldn't play shows, um, you know, surrounding the release of it. But, you know, again, getting back to it now, getting back to playing shows now, it feels like the right move. It feels like I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I made this album with the live show in mind and that I have an album front to back pretty much of songs that I feel like are mostly energetic songs that a crowd, you know, could get excited to hear live. Um, Cause I think the stuff before was that I released were like good songs on my previous EPs, but I, you know, I released those records when I wasn't, I wasn't touring. I was playing guitar for someone else and, and I wasn't, I wasn't doing my own tours at the time. And so I quickly realized when I start playing shows of my own, like, wow, this is like that. I, I stand by these songs as songs, but they lack the energy of a live show that I'm used to putting on. So I just immediately started writing this album thinking of, yeah, like, I'm writing songs based on like things that I want to perform live and things that I think will be fun and entertaining for people to hear and, and see live. And, and I think my next record will still be something along those lines as far as the energy goes, but I do, uh, I kind of do plan to sort of um, rein it back in a little bit and have a bit more of a, you know, kind of a up and down flow and, and, and maybe incorporate bits and pieces of the, earlier stuff and the earlier sound and you know sort of vibe are these first few shows out now a massive celebration it feels that way yeah it does feel that way um everything has been sold out so far and um you know people of the last show in indiana last weekend you know there were people were getting rowdy at the end and we're getting uh 
you know, escorted back to their, it was an amphitheater kind of thing. So, you know, there's like seating and people are getting escorted back to their seats. And, um, you know, folks like my parents age, um, just getting excited and getting, (laughs) getting handled by the security, you know, pushed back from the barricade. I thought it was, you know, pretty fun. I like that. So yeah, it's felt good. Unfortunately, you don't have any stops in Wisconsin scheduled right now, but you have to be so excited and hopefully you'll be able to continue touring and maybe we can get you next year. Yeah, I'd I'd love to come up there. I did. I did play Madison about two years ago. I was opening up a a show for my my friends, Whiskey Myers, and we did a show. It was a lot of fun. and, and, And I like Madison. I've got to play there. I've gotten to play there over the years, probably only once or twice as Bones Owens. The other shows I was like, you know, playing for someone else or whatever, but I I do love Madison. I hope to get up there. You were raised in Missouri and you moved to Nashville at 21. You first started playing guitar at 10 years old, played the piano before that. Have you maintained this balance of Southern rock and blues by not moving too far South or too far North? (laughs) Um, you know, I mean, I guess so. I don't, you know, Nashville's, it's funny cause I don't really, I've, I've stayed here, uh, I've stayed here, but I, I met a lot of good friends and, and my family, you know, is now we're, we're based here, but I, I, uh, I don't really, I've never felt like I really fit in with the local music scene that's happening here. And obviously not just in the the pop country uh, genre that sort of thrives here, but just all across the board. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, but, but again, yeah, it's not too far. I'm not too far from Missouri. You know, I can get back there. I can drive back easily. Sometimes I, I guess I still consider myself like, like I'm conflicted now as to whether I've been in Nashville for 16 years. So am I, am I still a mid, I've lived here almost as long as I lived in, Missouri at this point. So it's, it's like, am I a Midwesterner? Am I a Southerner? Am I'm, I think I'm just some hybrid of that at this point. And um, maybe that's reflected in the music somehow, you know? Um, although I got to say, I really just still listen to mostly the same records I've been listening to for about the last, you know, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> My influences have stayed relatively the same. Although I would say there's a little bit more of the kind of, um, you know, I'm closer down here to like Mississippi and, and, you know, the Mississippi sort of Delta, Delta blues and hill country blues and things like that. I feel like I've gotten more into that since I've been down here closer to that. But, um, but, you know, up in Missouri, yeah, it's, you're kind of in, in no man's land and, and you're, you're just kind of pulling from different whatever is, you know, I grew up with kids who have like a way thicker Southern draw than people down here that I, that I'm around. And then other people in my same class, I grew up with like no accent at all, like a kind of a St. Louis, like non-accent type of thing. And so, you know, it's pretty funny. Like um, everyone there is, it feels like um, you're just kind of a product of, of, your parents and your grandparents um, and kind of where they came in from or something. So anyway, I grew up around a lot of country music in Missouri and being from a pretty rural 
farming community there. It was a lot of country music and Southern rock, um, even for being Midwestern or whatever, you know, uh, I've got, I've got, I've got friends and other people that I know down here in Nashville that are from the South. And, and I think that I'm way more country, even being from Missouri than they are, you know, maybe they grew up in the city or something, but anyway, <laughs> not that it's a, who's more country contest by any means, but uh, <laughs> some of these people seem to make it about that. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know, man. I think, um, I think you're from the city, bro. <laughs> <laughs> The, the city slicker commercials those old uh, salsa commercials oh yeah 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 <laughs> like the uh yeah that's right Thank yeah, yeah. <laughs> those were great we're right. aging ourselves now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a long history of being a guitarist for hire or being part of someone else's band but now you're front and center is that a comfortable feeling for you or is it still kind of uncomfortable no, it's, it's pretty comfortable to me, uh, to be honest. I, um, I, I do think a lot of years of being on the road with other people helped the comp actually helped raise the comfort level for me just on stage in general and, uh, almost not being the main guy. I was the main guy in several bands and then I, and then I took a supporting role to some other things and, actually stepping back and being a, having a supporting role, it allowed for me to, it, it, it alleviated a lot of pressure actually, because you kind of, in, in those roles here, you know, you can kind of just, I don't know, it's not all eyes on you basically, you know? So I got to play some big stages all over the world being a side guy for other people. And then, uh, you know, I, I just think the experience of playing in front of 30,000 people or, or whatever on a regular basis for, you know, even though I'm not the main spotlight, I was like, okay, like now I'm, now I'm more accustomed to being in front of a lot of folks. And um, is it different now? Yeah. Is it, I mean, is there a little bit more pressure maybe, but I feel overall that I'm just at a place in life where, where, most days, I mean, I'm a, I'm kind of a anxious person, but, um, most days I don't, I don't feel too, um, too, too nervous about it. So yeah, just try to step up there and do what I do, what I know I can do and stay out of my head as much as possible. Cause that's, that's when things start going awry, you know? Is it easier because everything that happens on that stage is yours? It's your music, it's your feelings, it's your emotions and everything happening. So it, even if you missed one note, who would know besides you? Well, that is certainly a, a perk of being the only person playing like a melodic instrument on stage also. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I don't have to sync anything up with a bass player or a keyboard player or something. And uh, yeah, um, so that's nice. That does allow us a little more fluidity um and um even just with things like a tempo change or something but i yeah i mean it it is cool because it's my own thing i feel i'm not up on a stage wondering like man i wonder what this guy's about to say next or like do next you know or 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 whatever it's just it's just me and i get to control the 
um, the tempo of the show and kind of the try to control the energy, you know, and try to keep it in a good, positive, fun place. And uh, yes, so that actually does in some ways alleviate some, some anxiety compared to, you know, previous situations rewarding like you said because it's my i'm expressing my own ideas and my own thoughts and uh, you know it's my my own message if you will that i get to convey there is a bit more pressure because of that in a in a in a sense you know i have to kind of have something to say but um it's good i prefer it but you also get to see how it's received with instant feedback totally yeah for better or for worse you know um <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> Your merch is very affordable and everyone should buy some from your website or when they see you on the road, how likely are people to find you at the merch table after a show? Um, Pretty likely, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, these days I have to say, you know, it's a little different. Normally I would, normally I'm, I'm back there as soon as I'm done playing. I'm I'm just that guy. I want to meet anybody that wants to meet me or wants to hang out or, or has something to say, you know, I want to try to, um, I'm there for that. You know what I mean? Um, obviously with the state of, um, you know, the world right now, it's a little, it, it, it affects that a little bit. You know, I, I try to be careful of, of just the amount of interaction that I'm having, um, depending on whether we're indoors or outdoors and, it's, you know, it sucks to have to think about stuff like that, but I have a family that I come home to when I'm not on the road and, you know, uh, I want to keep them safe and healthy. And so I try to just be wise about that. And, um, but generally speaking outside of a worldwide pandemic, I'm always at the merch table and I'm always ready to, to hang out. And, um, you know, and again, these days it's more of kind of just a judgment call based on sometimes where we're at or, or, or what the exact situation looks like. So before the show, they should buy an autographed vinyl from the website. It's only 25 bucks. And then they can talk to you from six feet away at the show. <laughs> that would be the most ideal scenario. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, but yeah, it's, Again, it's like I love I love the interaction. I mean, especially after the last you know year and a half, it's like I I, I I'm a person who thrives on social interaction, and I really feel um, I I feel energized, very energized by that. I think it's exhausting to some people. To me, it brings it it is it is like a life bringing thing to me, and I and I enjoy it and. Um, you know, things are just at a level right now for me where I can go do that. You know, uh, do I ever plan to be someone who charges people for a meet and greet and all that? Like, probably not. Although I know you can make a lot of money doing that, but like, there's also a level where people get where I get it. Like you're just too, it would be too overwhelming to come hang at the merch table. I feel, you know, um, I feel very happy to do it and glad to do it whenever I can. And when, Again, when at this stage, when it feels safe, I, you know, I, I, I'm still, um, I'm still all about, um, I don't know. I love, I love to, you know, I love to shake hands and kiss babies and, uh, I haven't been kissing any babies except for my <laughs> own for the past year and a half to be clear, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, 
I'm a hugger and a handshaker and maybe that's my Midwestern roots coming out, but, um, it feels weird not to be able to, to do that to the extent that we're accustomed to, but, um, yeah, hopefully soon. So. I can vouch for you being a hugger and a handshaker. <laughs> I met you yes. in Vegas right before the pandemic hit at That's the, right. the radio convention. Really enjoyed your set. And then later that night, I saw you in the casino. Do you remember if you won any money? I um, I did that night. I think that I lost the night before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I was. I think I was winning. I think I won back to even actually the night that you saw me. So that, that, that's good. Um, that, you know, but, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, I mean, that, God, that was like, that was right before the pandemic hit. I actually remember flying out to Vegas and there was like a couple people with masks on the plane and I, and I actually the lady sitting right next to me and I thought like, this person's crazy, you know what I mean? And then, got fast forward a month and everything was so different, but, um, yeah, yeah, that was a good time. That was like the last hoorah for me anyway, before, yeah, me too. before everything shut down. It's always good when you can at least win your money back in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> when you don't leave <laughs> a completely empty. Yeah. 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 Just e <laughs> even is a win for me. Yeah. We are about to check out your new song, Rambler. Is there anything you want to tell us about the song before we hear it? Rambler, interesting fact. Rambler was actually um, recorded um, when when my song Keep It Close was recorded, um, which, which was prior to the rest of the album. Um, and, um, you know, this is a song that I've been playing live for years. We, we had recorded it. We kind of sat on it and um, I re-recorded it for the album and I just didn't love the newer version we did. And uh, so I, it just didn't, it didn't go on the album, but then, you know, in hindsight, we said, man, we should release a bonus track on this record. And to me, that was just like, you know what? I had been vibing with the original version. I kind of went back and listened to it some and I thought, man, this is, this is the one. So, you know, anyway it's just one of those songs it's one of the it's one of the closing songs of my live set typically um lots of energy and um you know it, it's sort of my there's so many songs about uh, historically about rambling um from hank williams you know to um waylon jennings to allman brothers and um and beyond and um bob seeger you know rambling gambling man and uh anyway i just love those kind of songs i love the so songs about you know someone who's just kind of i can relate right because that that's my job is like being all over the world and always on the go so you know that's kind of what what this song comes from and thank rambling. you so much for your time today yeah of course thank you